Welcome to She's So Lovely, the podcast. This is our first podcast series called Real Girls, featuring genuine go-getters who create, influence and empower women around the world. Our mission at She's So Lovely is to connect women, create friendships and collaborate through sharing our stories. On today's episode, you'll meet Morgan Morris. She's a gorgeous mum of two, military wife, former Miss Oklahoma and first runner-up at Miss USA. She also has a Bachelor of Arts in Mass Communications and her Master's in Christian Ministry. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Malia Alexander, and this is She's So Lovely, the podcast. Hello. Cool. Well, I actually slept in this morning, as I told you, so... Sleeping in. Oh, it was like too, um it was nice until I realized that our interview was on that minute that I woke up. Woke up, <laughs> apparently it's not. Um and so then I jumped out of bed and was like in here and trying to put everything together and get a coffee because I'm half asleep. Um so thank Jesus you. Coffee, right? It's what? I said, praise Jesus for coffee, right? I know. It's so good. Um, yeah, I couldn't live without coffee. Yeah, to be I, um, <laughs> I saw a sign today that said, um, my coffee is your protection or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> I drink, oh, I said, I drink coffee for your protection. I was like, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. So true. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, to tell us a little bit about you um, and you can make that as in-depth or non-depth as you want. Um, yeah, I just want to know a little bit more about you for girls who um, aren't already following you or don't know you. Sure. Well, my name is Morgan Morris. I am a 31-year-old mom of two little redheads, and I'm a military spouse. I was in the pageant circuit for a little bit. I was Miss Oklahoma Teen USA and Miss Oklahoma USA. I was top 15 at Miss Teen USA and first runner-up at Miss USA. And then after that, I pursued a modeling career for some time, did some international work and then eventually went back to school where I graduated with a bachelor of arts in mass communications and then later after meeting my husband we decided to go serve in the United Kingdom for a couple years and we did some youth ministry and mission work out there and while we were serving we also went to seminary and I got my master's in Christian ministry. Oh, wow. I didn't even know all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So how long um, were you guys married for before you had kids? That is a great question. <laughs> like, let me think. Let me do the math. Um, so we started having kids. I think we started trying at around two year and we had Mariah shortly before our third wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And that's my daughter, Mariah. She is three. And mm-hmm. then my son, Roland, will be turning one in nine days. Um, yeah, wow. So two kids under three. Yeah, girl. It's, it's, um, 
it's never a dull moment. That's, mm. that's <laughs> and now that it's on my toes. No, no gym membership needed. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you still look the same. They're so fast. And oh my gosh, mm-hmm. my, my daughter, her like best day ever is when she can go scooting on her scooter outside and I can legit not keep up with her. Like I think <laughs> she's training. I've, I've heard a rumor that scooting is going to be added to the Olympics. And let's just say our training starts now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's like next level. It is wild. <laughs> awesome. Um, so you said that, um, your husband's in the military. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. He sure is. He's in the Navy, which the perk of being in the Navy is you get like the sexier locations because mm-hmm. you have to be by water. Right. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, we, the water seems to be following us, I think, because we got married in Marco Island, Florida, mm-hmm. and then we honeymooned in Isla Mirada, which is also um, on the coast, and then Turks and Caicos in the Caribbean. Then we were called to England, which is just one big island, right? And then after that, we joined the Navy. And so we were living in Coronado Island. And now we're Mm -hmm. in Virginia Beach, which is also on the water. So we we love the sea. Oh, good. Do you love the beach? I hope so. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. And Mariah as well she is like sand and surf is life oh that'd be so good because you could entertain them at least with the water are you allowed to go to the beach at the moment i believe you are allowed to exercise and by exercise i mean you're allowed to walk on the beach right now but you're not mm-hmm. allowed to just hang out on the beach or sit on the beach so you better be moving if somebody sees you yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh How about- how about where you guys are? Are you allowed on the stand? Um, so it's a bit of a crazy time, as you know. Um, but we were allowed to go to the beach, I think, and be a metre and a half apart. But then in Sydney, I don't know if you saw that photo of um, like 50,000 people on Bondi Beach. Yeah, I may have actually. So they closed the beach. Gotcha. Um, but we still have plenty of beaches here in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, we just go walking along them. Apparently, yeah, you're not allowed to sit on the bench and look at the ocean. <laughs> you have to keep walking. Well, that's nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we can go and see it. I mean, it makes such a difference. Totally. It really does. And getting a Sure. The little things we take for granted that we will probably not as much anymore once we all get through this. Exactly. So true. Um, so can we talk a little bit about your pageant days and what that looked like? Cause I just, so, um, so fun (laughs) to look at, but I know, um, no, (laughs) sorry. What would you like to know about the good old days? Well, um, so how did you get into pageant? Like, is that kind of a thing in America where you all kind of do it in school or is it like... Definitely not. I think a lot of people, especially in the States, think that if you were successful in the pageant industry, it was like your sport. It was your ultimate hobby and you did it, you know, toddlers and charas kind of thing. Um, That was definitely not the case for me. I was a big jock my whole life. Um, Me and my sisters 
played sports year round. And I remember when I was 16 years old, I got a flyer in economics that said, um, this Miss Okomotin USA pageant can give you a full ride to college. And I've always liked to try new things. And I think I secretly wanted to do it. But of course, being kind of one of the star athletes, I was like, I can't let people know that I'm actually interested in maybe putting on these high hills and strutting my stuff on a stage. I'm going to keep them <laughs> down low, see how it goes, you know. So I didn't tell anybody. And I ended up winning. Um, and then, you know, the national pageant, even at the teen level, was broadcast on NBC. And I just totally got the bug after that and said, you know what? Someday I'm going for that Miss USA title. And I think it was four or five years later, I competed for Miss Oklahoma USA and ended up winning that as well on my first try. Oh, my God. And the rest is history. <laughs> it's so crazy. But you just, pretty wild. just gave it a go and you were just so good at it. <laughs> It, it has to be a God thing because, mm. I mean, there's so many incredible, talented, beautiful women out there. I just think it was supposed to be a part of my story. And, you know, there's so much that God has taught me because of it and so many ways that I have grown um, through those experiences. And I think it's benefited my ministry to young women, too. Even as a young woman myself, I think I always knew I wanted to do something that... Um, had to do with connecting with um, women. And there are so many things in the pageant world, like what is beauty? You know, um, there's, there's modesty, there's insecurity, there's, gosh, just so many things that every young woman struggles with. And I struggled with it deep, deep ways. And so to be able to wrestle with all of those things and be better for it because of it, I just praise God for. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. It's, um, yeah, it sounds like it wasn't probably, it sounded like it came quite natural to you, um, to do it and to go in it and everything. I mean, I'd be terrified to be on the stage like that all the time. I really wow. think it's kind of an alter ego <laughs> it's funny because my pageant inspiration for Miss USA was Venezuelans mm -hmm. and uh, my alter ego was like this feisty Latina. <laughs> so, so like, like girl, Latinas, you got to like log on and do like Miss Universe, Colombia or Brazil or Venezuela, and you will understand <laughs> because they know how to strut. They got the attitude, and uh, my um, my gown actually was by a Venezuelan designer. Designer, mm. and so the kind of pageant fans out there started calling me Morgana from Oklahoma. They combined <laughs> Oklahoma. So that. Morgana was, I guess, my, my stage alter ego. Cause it's certainly not that way anymore. <laughs> you don't bring Morgana out sometimes. <laughs> I have, it has been a minute since we've seen Morgana. <laughs> I'm sure my husband would love to see Morgana. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The, so um, the stilettos are kept at bay for the time being. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we kind of talked about the highs. Is there any lows to do with that? And, you know, 
kind of had. Oh, goodness. Yes. There's got to be. Um, I think one of the biggest lows for me was kind of living under a microscope and putting yourself out there to be judged, to be criticized, for people to tell you what's wrong with you or what should be changed, especially in such a subjective industry anyway. And I think as women in general, but particularly as young women, as women in our 20s, like we're still figuring ourselves out and we still have so many fears and insecurities. Um, and I think one of my bigger struggles growing up was always um, being wanted and being accepted and even being deemed beautiful. And so, A, um, constantly feeling the need to be enough or to impress people or to feel valuable or significant to the world's standards was a big weight for a, for a long time. Um, and something I think even now I have to be intentional and in overcoming and remembering what really matters and who I am in Christ. And then I would say, um, Oh goodness. Lost my train of thought here. Um, it would be, well, let's just leave it at that. For now. <laughs> that was and great. This, Daniel, you have to edit that part out. <laughs> no, it's um, but yeah, I think overcoming those insecurities and mm -hmm. um, feeling like I had to impress people or that I, if there, or if there was any feeling like there was an and to my value, like I had to be successful or, you know, I had to have people deem me as worthy mm -hmm. instead of just accepting that I was worthy because God says I am. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, um, it's something that I think we all go through at a different stage and through a different something, whether it's, you know, pageant or career or what, but yeah, that's awesome. I think I went through something like a couple of years ago with career and yeah, similar thing where I just felt like I was never good enough to do that role or, you know, never going to get this title or whatever, you know? And totally. Um, it is yeah. like, yeah, it, we're, we have such a performance-based society. I mean, it's hard to see past that. And I find myself constantly bringing my faith into um, the world standards. And, you know, that is just so wrong. And visibility does not mean significance. And, you know, success and a trophy does not mean significance. And as a mother, girl, I have to constantly remind myself that, God sees the unseen and like he sees the grind day in and day out. And even though I'm not getting a trophy for mm. changing my millionth poopy diaper, like, nice. you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, and what I'm doing is valuable and significant to the kingdom and it is sacred work, even if no one's looking. Mm. Yeah. I think moms need to hear that right now too, with having their kids at home and Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not being able to do much and yeah, running out of ideas, probably. Absolutely. And if this goes live while we're still all quarantined in our homes, y'all mm -hmm. check in on your friends with small children because they're not doing good. <laughs> I need to do that. Love. <laughs> yeah. My sister um has a 
one and a half year old and she's about to give birth again. And, um, she has started making, um, she's just really tired all the time, you know, and she's trying to right. creative things. And did you see toy story three? Yes. With, um, Forky. Oh, I thought you were going to say Forky. <laughs> <laughs> well, she has a Forky. And so she started making spoonies with plastic spoons. <laughs> That is so funny. Desperate so funny. I know. She's like, now we've got more friends. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh dear. <laughs> oh, that is funny. So good. Is knifey next? Is what? The knifey next. Gotta get the yeah. whole crew. <laughs> and so sporky. Good. Yes. I'm giving you ideas. See, I'm good. <laughs> um, or no. So you did communications as well, obviously, um, and you got into a bit of writing and you loved writing, um, as we talked about last time in our blog together. Um, how do you now with kids have, like, do you have time to do that? Do you make time to do writing? Do you have, like, a daily journal or something or...? That's a great question. And this is something I'm still working out and figuring out for myself. At the end of the day, we have to make time for the things we want to do because no one ha just has time anymore. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> like It doesn't matter who you are. We have to be intentional and in marking off a part of our day and saying, this is sacred. And this is when I'm going to do this and nothing else. And again, keeping it sacred when these other things are going to try to take it over. Or you're going to say, I'm tired. I'm just going to watch Netflix or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But if, you know, for me, it would be writing. If that's what I want to do or feel called to do, I have to map off that time and say, this is when mom gets to do that. And, um, our lives are ever changing. We have a hard time having any stability right now as a military family, but that would be my recommendation to others who, who would like to um, make sure that they are mapping out time for their creative work and endeavors of any kind is to put it on the calendar and keep it sacred. Yeah. Yeah. We have been doing that. I mean, I don't even know how you have, but you've been doing your 40 day devotional live by the grace of God. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching it and it's so good. Like you honestly, um, have been gifted in that area. And I kind of, I, I see you as like a, a pastor or something, you know, like, um, whether that's on the stage or not, like, that's how your words come across in that kind of, you know, prophetic way. I really appreciate you saying that in full disclosure, I think people, especially people in ministry or people who are kind of in a place of position or platform, you think, Oh, they're so confident or this must come so easy to them. But like, this has been a battle every day. I battle wow. fear. I battle insecurity. Like, I can feel so small and just constantly question myself, God is, am I doing enough? Am I enough? Is, does anybody care? And so 
I say that just to encourage anybody who has a dream or anyone who feels like God is asking something of you to take that leap because he's with you and he's going to carry you. And also a big one for me and a lot of women might resonate with this is I have perfectionistic tendencies and this is the first time I've ever done anything like this, deciding to do these Facebook lives and deciding to kind of put myself out there more because of that fear of rejection, of failing. And do not let perfectionism um, hinder you from doing anything. One of the quotes that I've had to live by recently is done is better than perfect. And this has been such a growth period for me because every single time I go live, it's not how I wanted it to be or I messed up or I'm like, Oh, but like I've had to put my pride down and say, you know what? You did enough and you have to release that to God and be proud of it and celebrate that. And that's an anything. That's another thing I would say to even young moms right now is there's always something to be done and you can feel so defeated, but Look at what you have done in that day and say, and rest, rest in the fact that it was enough. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. So good. I mean, if we all did things for, you know, people's approval, then we wouldn't be doing anything, would we? Gosh, isn't it the truth? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it always leaves you emptier. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's never really any lasting satisfaction when you try to please people and and the irony too is you can't please everyone so you still will end up displeasing somebody yeah <laughs> <laughs> the cycle of sadness and like feeling like you failed so you know rest in knowing that you can satisfy god and that's a really good place to be <laughs> mm. no i totally resonate with that i was a people like i still am a people pleaser not as much i've, I've <laughs> I'm learning. Um, I think we can just end on um, some encouragement for people during this time of um, coronavirus. If I, yeah. I, don't, I hate saying that word, but um, right, I feel like if people listen to this later, they're like, the "What are they talking about? Why couldn't they go to the beach?" You know. Point. That is a very good point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess. Do you have any encouragement for um? Yeah, people stuck at home. I uh, sure do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Um. The first thing I would say is, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling stuck, spiritually down, spiritually dry, like you are not alone. We're in the trenches together and God is with us and we're going to get through this. Just keep going every day. He has new mercies for you. Number two, I would say as believers, let's remember to rejoice in our sufferings and know that the word to suffer Uh, or excuse me, the word to learn comes from the Greek to suffer. And so as we are suffering, let us ask God, what do you have for us here? We want to grow. We want to learn. We want to become better women because of this. Would you give us grace for this day, for every day, and just teach us so that we can come out looking more beautiful and more like Jesus in the end. And then um, I would also say, It's so easy right now, guys, to 
speak negative, um, watch yourself talk. You know, the Bible tells us that there, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so make sure that you are exchanging every lie for the truth of God and staying positive. Another big one would be to celebrate small victories. I know right now, it can probably feel like you're doing everything and nothing. <laughs> um, but just start seeing the positive the best that you can and think about opportunities to see blessing because God is good and He is everywhere and um, He wants to reveal Himself to you in these circumstances. Um, and then I think one other thing would be just look at this time as a season. And I think it can be really stressful with all of the questions, God, what next? And having all of this sort of indefinitely lingering, I think there's so much anticipatory grief for us, not knowing when it will end. And there's so many unanswered questions for us. But if we look at our situation in small segments, and if we focus on what's right in front of us, um, or I've heard it stay in your three-foot world, you know, embrace right now where you are this season because God promises that there's a time for everything and that we trust him. We trust his um, timing in our lives and we trust his pace for us um, as a whole. Malia, it can appear really overwhelming. Mm. So I'm, I'm saying, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying to, well, what's the saying? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time kind of thing? So like the day by day perspective, I think helps manage this anxiety and this stress mm. of just embracing where we are. And, and, and I think that's been a big part for me. I know I was grieving a lot, a lot of things that I'm missing out on and a lot of unmet expectations, like big time grief. And, um, one of, or the last stage of grief is acceptance. And so just stopping and being fully where we are and knowing that God has us here and no pain is in vain. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's really great. It's, um, yeah, it's just so easy to look at the news and get overwhelmed hey, by the enormity of it all. But, um, yeah, it's kind of nice to think that globally weighing this together totally i i couldn't agree more mm. it's it's kind of wild isn't it i mean yeah. the fact that every single person on the planet essentially is feeling this mm. in one way or another yeah it's yeah. it's mind-boggling oh well awesome thank you so much for coming on here and i know you've got a lot going on um so i really appreciate you coming on here and speaking life into girls and and women and yeah thank you thank you thanks for extending so much grace to me and thank you for this ministry to us and your heart for girls everywhere to know themselves and and know god more and um i can't think of anything better oh, thank you 